Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. And you who have marched in New York and all across this country, you represent the winds of change. Good afternoon, everybody. That was New York State Attorney General Letitia James at the March for Our Lives rally at Zuccotti Park, Saturday, June 11th, part of the nationwide movement organized by many groups to end our American gun violence epidemic. Welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gaze Against Guns show. I'm Sarah Germain Lilly. On today's show, we speak with Tom McDash and Victor Jeffries of Bobek. Black and Brown Equity Coalition about their movement to make the Fire Island community more diverse and welcoming for all the people who enjoy it. We'll report back on one event of this prideful week in New York City, the Gays Against Guns Pulse Memorial at Little Island, with near 200 participants, including over 100 HBs, human beings, those veiled and dressed in white, commemorating the 49 murdered, in the Orlando, Florida Pulse nightclub massacre and so many others killed in gun violence. And Radio Gag will be reporting on gun violence prevention actions around the city and upcoming events for Pride Month. First, the latest gun violence prevention news. Good afternoon. This is Libby Edwards. And I'm Sean Stefanik. With some brief updates on several important events concerning the gun violence epidemic in this country. First, some good news. Manhattan Judge Joel Cohen ruled Friday that Attorney General Letitia James's case against the NRA can proceed. She's been trying for more than two years to hold the NRA accountable for gross misconduct by the organization and its executives. Although the NRA has sought to characterize the suit as a witch hunt, Judge Cohen found that the evidence of misconduct was supported by the record. Another hopeful development is that it seems likely that Steve Dettelbach, Biden's nominee for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, will be confirmed and that the Bureau will begin to address the issue of ghost guns and auto sears, a thimble-sized gadget that turns semi-automatic handguns into machine guns with a single pull of a trigger. Radio Gag will continue to report on the NRA and the ATF in future broadcasts. The state of New York is also awaiting the Supreme Court's decision on a case that may curtail the state's strict permit laws and give everyone the right to carry a concealed weapon. What could possibly go wrong? Sean, please tell us about President Biden's recent statement on gun safety and why it's so important. Absolutely. Uh, Just earlier this month on June 2nd, Biden did, in fact, address the mass shooting problem that we are having here in this country. It was a very impassioned speech, and he touched on a few things that we here at Gays Against Guns have already been on top of for years now, including probably one of the most important topics as of yet, the banning of assault weapons. He also went into detail about how shootings did decrease when the ban was put into place in 1994 and how 
how they tripled in size when the ban lapsed in 2004. He also went in to mention that guns are the number one killer of children in America. More kids are getting killed than soldiers, he says. He also went in to talk about federal background checks, red flag laws, and appealing the immunity that protects gun manufacturers from liability. He also wanted to talk about mental health and went into a little bit of that as well. He was also quick to mention that most gun owners, 97% last time we checked, do want safer, stricter gun laws. In a very impassioned speech, he, he stressed the word enough, enough, enough. He also wanted us to talk about addressing the gun show loophole and mental health for youth. And he was also quick to mention that it needs to be this time this time. Act now. This is a very important message, and I, for one, am happy that he addressed it, and who knows, maybe it is time. Well, it is certainly past time to act, and let's hope the Senate and the House manage to do some immediate reform that will help save our citizens from this gun violence and scourge of AR-15s in our schools and in our churches. In all of our places. Indeed. And from the trace, da-da, a bipartisan group announces a framework agreement on gun reform. Democrat Chris Murphy and Republican Senator John Cornyn led a group of 20 senators, 10 Democrats and 10 Republicans, that announced the deal on Sunday. It includes model red flag legislation and incentives for states to adopt such laws, funding for mental health services, additional resources for school safety measures, new penalties for gun trafficking and straw purchases, and enhanced background checks for people under 21 to allow an investigative period to review juvenile and mental health records. Gun violence prevention groups are giving it mixed reviews, but acknowledging this is the first comprehensive gun reform legislation in our federal government in decades. Next up, Libby and Sean interview Tom McDash and Victor Jeffries about Juneteenth on Fire Island. Welcome listeners. We are so excited to be here today with Tomic and with Victor, with Sean Stefanik, with Libby Edwards, that's Tomic Dash, and Victor Jeffries from Black and Brown Equity Coalition. And they're going to tell us about this exciting Juneteenth event that's coming up in Fire Island. Sure. Hi, thank you. Uh, gag for having us. Um, my name is Tom McDash. I am the president of the Black and Brown Equity Coalition. We are a nonprofit organization based out of Fire Island. Um, our mission basically is to develop and implement initiatives that provide equity and access for Black and Brown and transgender people in Fire Island Pines and Cherry Grove. They are the two Um, historic LGBTQ neighborhoods um, on Fire Island. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me. My name is Victor Jeffries. I'm a board member of Babek. I've been coming out to Fire Island for 15 years-ish. And yeah, 
we've been plugging away trying to get some things to happen out here and it's working. Would you like to tell us what BABAT stands for? Yes, the Black and Brown Equity Coalition. I have a quick question for you both, if I may. Last year, you mentioned another organization in the Pines, uh, Kobe. Is that still around? Yep, Kobe's still around. Kobe is a committee of FAPOA. So FAPOA is the Fire Island Property uh, Homeowners Association, basically, which is the default kind of community organization that runs things. So Kobe is the Committee on Black Equality, which is a uh, falls under the umbrella of FAPOA. So their purview is only the pines and they kind of work within the you know the the, the established structures and avenues that FAPOA you know has created so we definitely work closely with them we actually are both board members of Kobe um, so definitely similar work uh, sister organizations um, but Babex definitively you know both Cherry Grove and the Pines and 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 beyond does that make sense Yes, thank you. Lots of acronyms on Fire Island. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about the, your event and what is the significance of having it on Juneteenth? Yeah, you know, basically we, when we formed our organization, we think we were thinking about like all of these touch points that we could try to access to, you know, implement change, right? It's like, we want to, um, you know, we want to make change in tourism, we want to make change in commerce, we want to make change in rentals, homeownership, um, entertainment, like with Juneteenth, which is, for those who don't know, it's a holiday that celebrates Black liberation. It's the day that the last slave in Galveston, Texas, found out that the Emancipation Proclamation had been signed two years earlier. This was in 1865. Um, so it kind of like symbolizes how, you know, on July 4th, we weren't actually all free. In a way to um, uplift the holiday, we felt like we could reach almost all of the touch points of our mission during Juneteenth weekend. So we have several events over the course of three days that, you know, some of them are educational, you know, some of them, the target audience is white people who are like, hey, we want to know what we can do, but we actually don't know. We don't know. Can you help us? You know, um, some of it is for uh, black and brown people and transgender people. A lot of them who are coming out to the island for the very first time, you know, entertainment experiences. A lot of people who, especially um, BIPOC and trans non-binary people, um, have this preconceived notion of Fire Island that it oftentimes is very accurate. It's like a predominantly white neighborhood. They feel like I might go out there and not see myself there. What is happening out there for me? And we're showing them that we actually are doing um, events that are for us, by us. Um, everyone is welcome, of course, but you know, we just wanna make sure that we are creating an environment that is actively welcoming um, for the people that we are advocating for. That's awesome. Did you ever manage to reach the touchstone directives that you spoke of last year? And if so, have you been able to also move this conversation beyond the island as you were hoping to? 
Yeah, I mean, and just to be clear, Babek isn't uh, is not an event throwing organization. So Juneteenth is one of the many initiatives that we you know work on throughout the year. Juneteenth is a great example, though, as Atomic uh, mentioned, where many of the ideas, the theories, kind of can come together and manifest themselves through Juneteenth. Uh, so the answer is yes, we've been tremendously successful in some of our initiatives and goals, and be like the we're working basically we're working to undo a 400 year old knot that white people got us into so it's not going to be solved in a summer there's not one thing that we could do that's just going to change it this is a long haul kind of thing and you chip away at it multi-pronged approach so you know some some things that we're incredibly proud of is you know members of Babic were a big part of for example getting a black homeowner in the pines to now be on the board of FAPOA I mean, pretty big deal, right? So we're getting ourselves seats at important tables. Last year, we paid out over $14,000 to black and brown people to come out and do, you know, work, like share their art, share their talents with us. We also redistributed the same amount of money to three different organizations in the city that are focused on black, brown, and trans people, right? So there's a huge redistribution component to a lot of our work. So yeah, we've like, and again, these are all things that you kind of have to keep chipping away at. There's no, you know, one solution that's not going to happen overnight, but we're really kind of, and given that we are underfunded, not funded, and we're just kind of doing it ourselves, it's really kind of encouraging. And, you know, whatever, can you, you know, can you imagine what we could accomplish with a $50,000 donation, a million dollar endowment, this kind of stuff. <laughs> now, given the gun violence against black and trans people particularly, is there a gun violence aspect to what you are working on or within your organizational goals? I think, you know, at least in Juneteenth, a big part of it is this Solidarity March. So this will now be the third year that it has happened. You know, as you all know, uh, Gays Against Guns and Babek partnered last year during Juneteenth for our Solidarity March. This year we'll mark our third one. We're really trying to get people to take a moment and think and feel, you know, what this, the consequences of this kind of stuff is. Now, if we had uh, 10 other people that were working with us on a regular basis, I'm, I'm sure we would have someone kind of focusing on this. And <clears throat> this, is all, this is also why organizations like GAG are really important to us and working in cool. coalition with you all, right? right? So it's like we can empower each other and kind of use the strengths and infrastructures that we have both built independently. Can I just say, I am absolutely glad that you guys are out there doing that. And thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you all for all the work that you all do. Seriously. Absolutely. <laughs> We're in this together, you know? Right. Totally. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to WBAI 99.5 FM Free Speech Radio. This is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show, and I'm your host, Sarah Germaine Lilly. You may be wondering what you can do to end this growing epidemic of gun violence in America. Clearly, we need this broad and wide movement condemning gun violence and calling on our leaders to enact public health policies that effectively keep us safer. 
For that broad movement to happen, we need to spread the message, and that's exactly what we do on Radio Gag. So please go now to WBAI.org and contribute to the Tower Fund. WBAI depends on their rental of the tower in Times Square to continue bringing you Radio Gag. And now, Ty Kersley reports on Gays Against Guns, Action, Pulse Memorial, June 12th, 2022, on Little Island. Good afternoon, everyone. I am here with Michael Sylvan Robinson, queer artist, activist, and educator. Welcome back to Radio Gag, Sylvan. Thank you. It's always great to have an opportunity to talk with you and uh, to share this uh, important action with your listeners. Uh, go ahead and give the listeners kind of a breakdown of, of what we did Sunday. It was the six-year uh, marker for the Pulse massacre in Orlando. So we gathered together uh, in front of the little island and had reached out for a large, a much larger offering of volunteers for this event. So normally we mark the anniversaries of the Pulse massacre by uh, trying to hold uh, space for each of the individuals killed in that particular incident. And this year, uh, given the state of, of the country and of gun violence, the epidemic that we're all uh, seeing um, play out, particularly over the last number of months with, with uh, major incidents, decided that we would hold as many of the victims of other massacres since the Pulse uh, massacre, since that event that began GAG's um, service to working towards uh, direct action in, uh, in prevention of gun violence. And uh, so we held 15 of the events since 2016, all that had at least eight to 10 people killed and had representatives from each of those incidents. And then there were other volunteers carrying signs that uh, marked the date, the city, the number of people killed. And also, and I thought this was a particular powerful condition, uh, the number of people wounded. Uh, because I think sometimes we think about gun violence as being particularly about those killed and, uh, and sometimes not remembering the, the toll and the great impact of those who've survived the shootings and their families and the aftermath of being uh, someone who, who survived uh, an incident like that. Just mentioning Vegas, it, it's almost like it never gets on the news at all anymore that that many people were not just killed, but how many people were injured. Right, more than more than 400 people injured in this in this insane and terrible uh, incident. Um, and so then uh, each of the 15 uh, mass shootings since Pulse that we uh, were holding space for each had individuals represented uh, our human beings are then veiled and wear all white clothing and stand in silence, uh, holding a placard that has the photo of the person they are remembering and a little bit of, about that person's life. So one of the things that I think is important about our human beings work is that it is marking a death, a death by gun violence, but it's also particularly trying to remember a living person uh, something about their life and the way they that people remember them. So sometimes the placards have a quotation from a family member or something about their work in the world, right? So really trying to remember them. And I think that for myself, as, as a person who does a lot of this research, I never forget that I'm learning about these people because they were killed by guns. But the goal 
is also to remember them as a living person and to do so with honor and respect to take the time to learn as much as I can about them and then to share that in a way that feels like an honoring of their life and not just a depiction of their death. It is tradition with Pulse. We always have someone carry a large pole and there's a, a disco ball on top of it. And um, with Sylvan's artistry was wearing um, your own version of a, of a human being without necessarily representing a, an individual. So you were able to kind of maybe step out a little bit more and see how it was going on. Yeah, and, I, and uh, the outfit that I made was made of repurposed and upcycled clothing. So there was also this idea of sort of taking different parts of the white clothing that I would wear to be holding space as a human being and then make an outfit that was sort of kind of its own disco ball inspired, but also with elements of uh, shirts and uh, sleeves and skirt and jacket and uh, tux lapel all kind of mixed together in this way that I think uh, is also representative of all the different kinds of people that we were holding space for as well. I, it was an incredibly powerful, um, emotional day. I mean, I, I think as we started to listen to, the, to Jay's speech and to hear people responding and, and viewing. So uh, we invite people to, to come up and read the placards and to, to get to know the people, the stories of the people that we're holding. So that, that part of the day is always um, a powerful silence mixed with the sort of informative and call to action voices of activism and speakers. And then we processed together this long, long line of, of people holding these placards mocking in silence. Uh, and we processed up the bridge to the little island and had uh, a pause and we a can skip over that. We can skip over that. <laughs> um, um, but I think that, you know, in some ways kind of intervening or making making space to bring these stories and our activism into places where, you know, people are encountering us and learning about the work about anti-gun violence protection and GAG in particular, and particularly our focus on direct action and this artful remembrance that I think is particularly our special space that we hold for this work. Well, thank you so much. Sure. And I would just say that uh, in addition to our GAG, Facebook, and Instagram, which are great follows. Uh, I would also encourage listeners to follow the human beings page. It's a Facebook page through gag. Uh, that is a place where we hold these stories and share pictures and also remembrances and sometimes marking the years, right? So on the you know fifth, fifth year since an incident, we'll post a remembrance and things like that as well. I think it's a place where families and friends sometimes tell us that it means a lot to them to, to know that there are people who didn't know their loved one who are holding space and remembering them as well. Right. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gaze Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or Gag No Guns on Twitter. And be sure to check out our website to learn more about our upcoming action Juneteenth on Fire Island. Go to Gaze Against Guns on Facebook or on Instagram or go to gagsignup at gmail.com. Here in New York, we meet one Thursday a month at 7 p.m. in Manhattan at the LGBT Center 
on 13th Street and on Zoom. Sign up at gagsignup at gmail.com. Our next meeting is June 23rd, where we will be planning all kinds of great action and protests. So please join us. Everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. And another great way to get involved is by becoming a BAI buddy. A BAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. And really, folks, just a modest monthly contribution can help keep us on the air here at WBAI to bring you this show every week. Just go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. And become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And we are back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on any major podcast platform. And we leave you with our fabulous New York State Attorney General, Letitia James. And when I was elected many years ago, being a coward was not part of the job description.